Happy day after Thanksgiving, everybody. This is Kevin Gillick, and you're listening to the Broncos and Bratwurst Podcast. Uh, hopefully, everyone is getting over their their turkey comas. Um, I hope everyone's guts are okay after eating, you know, however many pieces of pie and plates of mashed potatoes. Over here, it was a little different. We actually had to run some errands in Munich, so we actually ended up having a plate of German-style American Thanksgiving meal with it was turkey and sauce and and sweet potato puree. It was not quite like home, but it was it was all right. It was not bad. And then and then we split a burger. So we figured at least the least we could do was have as an American meal as possible. And we actually ate it in an Australian pub in Munich. <laughs> so you know, any way you can, this is how you got to celebrate Thanksgiving. I'm very thankful for every one of you who listens to this show, and especially those who always reach out on Twitter and MileHarryReport.com. In support, I know maybe there are fewer of you than reach out for some hate, but I do appreciate those who at least listen to the podcast and then disagree with me rather than just seeing the headlines and just disagreeing with me. Um, there's a lot to be thankful for about the Broncos right now. I think, you know, again, obviously it's a, it's an ugly season, it's a bad season, and it it's probably not going to get a whole lot better in terms of wins and losses and yards and all that jazz. But the good news is, finally... We can feel okay about the losses because it looks like finally Drew Locke is going to start for the Broncos against the Chargers this week. Now, we're not sure of it. There's been no confirmation. Um, Albright said today that he thinks that, um, excuse me, he said yesterday, so on Thursday, he thinks that on Friday there will be confirmation that Drew Locke will be the starter. Um, Mike Kliss said that he's he's fairly confident it'll be Drew Locke. And as we all know, Mike Kliss is the voice of the Broncos front office, which means I think absolutely it will be Drew Locke. And there's no reason why it wouldn't be. I mean, Brandon Allen has clearly shown that he's a decent backup, but he's a guy who can only read you know, his first read and then not break off of his first read and teams figured him out. And now he is just simply not a quarterback who's going to win you a game. So it's time to see what the rookie has, who he can be. And we really need to be clear what we should expect. What, 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 what is it that we want to take from Drew Locke? What, what should we not even expect, but what what should we be ready for? Because as Skipper Dude is going to talk about in the coming segment, there are going to be plenty of people in the media, especially a particular radio sports radio station in Denver, who are going to be all over this, and they're going to cover it, you know, six hours a day without break, and they're only going to talk about the quarterback controversy, and they're only going to talk about either how great Locke is or how bad Locke is. Now we don't know what Locke is going to do, but he's a rookie now. There are a few rookies who come in and have immediate success. We've seen a lot of guys come off the bench as backups this year and have have great success, but most of these guys have actually been around the league for a bit, which means they had a chance to to learn schemes and to to get comfortable, you know, reading reading defenses and and you know playing with the the speed and the the different I don't know mentality of the NFL. Drew Locke hasn't had that. He's he's been injured he was injured most of the year and he hasn't really had the chance that much to practice with the first team because obviously Joe Flacco had the the first team practices for for first half of the season and then Brandon Allen had them until this week. So Drew Locke hasn't had that much opportunity. We have to keep that in mind. 
This isn't a guy like everyone keeps bringing up Brandon Allen who came in and, and, and whooped up on the Browns, but Brandon Allen's been in the league for four years. This isn't, this was not a rookie. Now it was his first time starting an NFL game, but it's not the same. He had time to learn systems. He had time to to understand the terminology of a system, etc. That matters. You can't just say, well, Brandon Allen's not as talented and look what he did. It's different. You can't just, it's it's apples and oranges. And, and Drew Locke, yeah, he might struggle, but we got to give him time. Now, this is the key for me. This is the most important point of the entire rest of this season and even into the next few seasons, but especially for the next five games. I don't care. If Drew Locke goes out and looks like Dan freaking Marino, and I don't care if he goes out and looks like Jameis Winston, uh, it, it, he is going to be the quarterback in 2020. That's it. End of story. You don't learn enough about a guy in five games. Either way, even if he's great, which I think he'll be somewhere in the middle. I think he'll have he'll show signs of, of brilliance, and then he'll be he'll be a typical rookie. This is just how it goes. We're not going to know who Drew Locke is as a quarterback. We're not going to know his ceiling or his floor in five games. So, again, you're going to hear plenty of drama from the radio guys. And, and it's some from, from people on Twitter and, and even possibly at least commenters at Mile High Report. And even some of the writers at Mile High Report definitely do not like Drew Locke. And, you know, whatever reason that is, if it's because of his, his footwork or his mechanics or because they wanted somebody else... It doesn't, you know, again, it doesn't really matter. We have to give him time. And so if after five games, which I know this is going to happen, these guys, especially at 1043 The Fan, are going to be, you know, clamoring for Justin Herbert or, or Fromm or one of these guys in the draft next year. It just shouldn't happen. You can't just give up on a guy like Drew Locke because, I don't know, because he was drafted in the second round like D-Mac is saying. I mean, what? I mean, you, so, so D-Mac says if he was drafted number 10, you know, 10th overall, in the first round, then absolutely it should be Drew Locke. But since she was picked in the second round, it shouldn't be. I mean, it's it's really one of the craziest arguments I've ever seen in sports media, ever. And I actually kind of admire D-Mac because I think he's very good at presenting an argument. And I think he sometimes it's crazy, but at least he's a guy who's willing to think outside the box and he's not just a yes man. He has bad ideas. but 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 And, and I actually empathize with these guys because they do have to go on air and talk three hours and unfortunately, they at least think or their their departments think that the only thing that Denver people want to hear is Broncos, which I don't think that's true. For goodness sake, the Avalanche and the Nuggets are really, really, really good, especially the Nuggets. They could be one of the best basketball teams in Denver history. They probably are the best basketball team, and yet these radio stations don't talk about them. Anyway, that's a whole different story. Now, we know these stations are going to talk you know, ad nauseum about these quarterback situations, and we've got to stay chill. I mean, geez, give the guy time. Again, if he's great or if he's terrible, he's going to be the quarterback in 2020. That's just it. I mean, unless he like breaks his leg in half or something like Alex Smith, there's no reason to think it should be anyone else. The, the fact that people are saying that, you know, Fromm and Herbert and, and all these other guys are, are sure things. They're not sure things. Even Tua, you know, Tua, you know, he, he's a guy who's extremely talented and might be the most talented sure thing we've seen in the last few years, but he's always hurt. He's not a sure thing. And it's unfortunate for him. Now he's got a very serious hip injury. And so you don't know. There is no sure thing in the draft. And to second guess drafts is it's just it's not it's not smart. 
I mean, the, the whole thing, again, with some of these same guys are saying, you know, oh, we should have drafted Josh Allen. Look how great Josh Allen is. Yeah, you know what? Who was saying that last year? He was terrible as a rookie. And he was a guy who was who was totally someone that you didn't know if he was going to figure out the NFL. You didn't know if he was going to be able to read a defense or if he was going to fix his his footwork or if he was going to learn how to not just run every time you know he felt pressure. And it looks like he has learned that. And now the Bills are nine and three. But part of that was you know why? Because the Bills gave him a chance. They didn't give up on him. They didn't say, "Wow, this guy sucks as a rookie," so we're just going to give up on him. I can I can already feel it in Denver that some of these guys, half of the media, is just immediately ready to give up on Drew Lock no matter what. No matter what, they're just like, they don't like him, they're done with him, they don't even care if he succeeds or fails. Tell me I'm wrong, it's true. And that's absolutely ridiculous. Drew Locke absolutely could be the next Josh Allen. I mean, Drew Locke coming out of college was compared to Matthew Stafford and Jay Cutler. And you know what? Those guys were pretty decent. If they if they had been put in better situations, and if they, especially Jay Cutler, didn't have some idiotic, you know, personal, personality issues... They could have been really good quarterbacks. I mean, Matthew Stafford, yeah, he hasn't won much, but he's in Detroit. I mean, that's just what they do. He's a talented quarterback. He's a guy who's led a lot of fourth quarter comebacks. He's got great stats in the last season, and he's tough as heck. I'll take Matthew Stafford every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And so if that's what we could possibly get with Drew Locke, then sign me up. Now, for some reason, these guys in the media just think, well, we know for sure, for sure, that that Herbert and Fromm are better than Drew Locke. And that's total BS. 100% BS. We have no idea who's better. And you know what? The difference is, we got one of the guys already on the roster. You've got to give him a chance. Now, yeah, Herbert and Fromm could end up being the, the next Hall of Famers. We don't know. Stop Stop acting like you know these things when, when you know, half the media loved Drew Locke and half of them hated him. It, it just, it gets to be ridiculous. And it, it's people over and over just, you know, throwing out garbage. We've got to give him time. Have to give him time. You know, again, I, I like to compare the Broncos with the Nuggets. The Broncos should turn into the Nuggets. They need to become the Denver Nuggets. You know, when, you know Jokic, Jokic was drafted in the second round. While he was being drafted on ESPN, they had a Taco Bell commercial. No one knew Jokic. He was some you know kind of fat Serbian guy. He's turned into a superstar, one of the best players in the league. What are people saying about him now? Michael Malone was a guy who kind of bounced from team to team. No one gave him enough time to settle in and to fix his scheme around a, a group of players until he got to Denver. And in Denver, he worked with the GM, and the GM said, okay, I'm going to bring in players who work with your system. We're going to build around what you want to do. We're going to build a great defensive team. We're going to, we're going to fix a system around the players' skills. We're going to use Jokic. We're going to use him to work inside out, etc. And they use the players to the best of their abilities. How many teams do that these days in the NFL? Not many. You know the ones that do? They succeed. Look at the Buffalo Bills. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson wasn't, I mean, come on, look at what he did last year. He was terrible as a rookie. I didn't believe in Lamar Jackson. Nobody believed in Lamar Jackson except the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens went and said, this kid, even though he looks terrible right now, he's got the skills. He's got it. And if we build this team around him, if we say, this is our guy and we're going to make sure he succeeds no matter what, and now he's going to be probably the MVP. 
Now, that doesn't always work. But you know what? If you put your players in the best position to win and you give them a chance, you don't give up on them. You say, yep, you know what? He's got faults. We're going to make sure that we build a scheme that plays to the best of his strengths rather than his faults. That is what the Denver Broncos must do. Broncos fans, Broncos front office, they've got to chill. They've got to say, look, and I think I think the front office actually is chill. I, I, I think that fans and media are really blowing things out of proportion, and, and, and myself included at times, because that's what we do. We talk sports, and we like drama. We like creating issues, which is okay. I do it too. I admit it. But I think I do think the front office has a plan. And I think Drew Locke is that plan. They see his talent. They see his strengths and weaknesses. And they want to build a team around it. There's a lot of talent on that offense. I mean, Fant, Sutton, Patrick, Lindsey, Freeman, Reisner. That's, that's some serious, serious talent that you can build around. So next year, you got some really good cap room. You got a cheap quarterback, which is absolutely key. You drop Joe Flacco, obviously. You've got some room because your quarterback is young and cheap. You go out and you spend money on offensive line. You draft a wide receiver. You beef up that defense in the middle rounds, which the Broncos, I believe, have 10 picks, several in the third and fourth rounds. Beautiful. The Broncos are set up beautifully. I truly believe it. Even if Joe, even if Drew Locke is not the next coming of, of John Elway, if he's Matthew Stafford, even if he is, he's a medium version of Jay Cutler, if they build the team to fit his strengths, this team could be really, really good. And we have to trust that. They do have a plan. Everyone, and, and again, I've fallen into this trap too that I've said, I don't know if they've got a plan. And you know what? As the season's gone along, they've lost games, yes, because they're not talented. They're going to have their third straight losing season, but that happens when you're in a rebuild. And it took me a while to realize this team actually is in a rebuild. Now, I hate that they got Joe Flacco, and everyone knows that. That was a terrible move. You can't tell me otherwise. Can't. To go out and put faith in a guy and spend money on a guy who's totally washed up and doesn't fit your system. Bad, bad move. But other than that, I get it. There is a youth movement on this team, and it makes sense. What more can we ask for? I I really like, honestly, where they're going. And honestly, if they lose out the rest of the season, cool. I mean, as long as we see some good things from, from, from Drew Locke, we see that he can learn, that he can start reading progressions, that he, you know, stands in the pocket better. We just want to see him grow. He's not going to be this great superstar immediately, almost for sure. Give him time. He's going to have 2020. He's going to probably have 2021. Give the guy time. And that's cool. That's great. We we have a youth movement, guys. This is seriously something to be thankful for. And I mean that. I was so depressed at the beginning of the season because the Broncos were losing with Joe Flacco because that's a it's a dead horse. You're going nowhere. You're, you're, there is nothing being proven. You're losing and... That's it. There's no growth, at least at the quarterback position, and it's just wasting time. Now, finally, they can lose, they can grow, and they can build this team. Heck, they could have a top five pick next year. Go out and get these one of this, these absolute monster wide receivers. Can you imagine this, this kid from, from Alabama? What's his name? J- Judy or Jury? Judy, I think. 
Joydy. I don't watch a whole lot of college football, unfortunately. But go out and get this kid. Can you imagine Fant, Sutton, this Alabama guy, Patrick? Wow. Mama Mia. I mean, Locke's going to have some serious guys to throw to. And, and, and again, people keep bashing on Elway, and I've done it too. But look how good Reisner's been, man. Reisner's been a beast. I love watching this kid. I, I think he's on the verge from my eye test of being a pro bowler as a rookie. Fant has turned into one of the better young tight ends in football after Joe Flacco got benched or injured. So the draft, I, I really like what they did. And I, I think some of these defensive guys, these yeah, like Draymond Jones, they've had their moments. And they're just going to get better. And I think that Fangio's scheme on defense especially is starting to take shape. And the players are starting to buy in and say, yeah, this this is something we're going to build into. Next season, you get Chubb back. Miller's not double teamed you know, as easily. I like it. I like where we're going. They need to get beef up that middle of the defensive line. But we'll talk about that obviously much, much more in the coming weeks. And as we prepare for the draft in the offseason, there's going to be just endless discussions, as we all know. And the best place to get it, as of always, 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 is on MileHarryReport.com and right here on Broncos and Bratwurst Podcast. Up next, the Skipper Dude after this quick break. Thanks as always, Kevin. That's right, Broncos country. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow because yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone. And honestly, today kind of sucks. But as the devoted fans we are, we march on. And this week, I wanted to throw in on the Brandon Allen versus Drew Locke discussion and hopefully give you a perspective that you haven't been hearing much, which is a little bit on what I believe is going through the heads of Vic Fangio and Rich Gangarello and quarterbacks coach T.C. McCartney as they try to keep the pitchforks and tortures among the media and fan base at bay and work to try to make the best long-term decision for the Denver Broncos organization at quarterback. Now, I don't typically like to toot my own horn, but I've been pretty well right on about this situation so far. I said several weeks ago that I didn't believe that the coaching staff had a particularly compelling interest in starting Drew Locke this year, and Vic Fangio has pretty well echoed that sentiment this past week. I tend to believe they're going to do it, but it's not nearly the urgent matter with the coaching staff that it is with the media and the fan base for the coaching staff and the front office. This is a two to three year type of a decision, not a five week decision. And in addition, I was also right on target about what we could expect from Brandon Allen, that he would look good against Cleveland, solid, but not as good against Minnesota, then would probably face plant against Buffalo. And then again, against the chargers before bouncing back some for the last four games of the year, should he hold the quarterback job for that long. And that's what I'd like to talk about today. Let's get beyond looking at Drew Locke like a bunch of nine-year-olds on Christmas morning, and let's look at the larger, long-term, strategic vision for Brandon Allen and Drew Locke as Denver Broncos. But first, I wanted to start with a personal appeal to Broncos country in general, and the Mile High Report community specifically. Friends, 
Don't fall prey to the voices at 104.3 The Fan, the mainstream media, and commenters on Twitter. They're drama queens. These jackals want nothing more than to see Drew Locke given enough time to play this year to look bad so that they can proclaim him a bust and go into the season with a quarterback controversy to talk about. One that they hope will even bleed into, into the pitches, torches and pitchforks against the coaching staff and the front office, including and especially John Elway. It's hip, it's controversial, quarterback controversies drive up ratings, and they keep the talking heads in business. Don't buy it. Now, one other quick note. I'm recording this segment on Thursday, and as of yet, there has not been an official decision announced as to who will start on Sunday. But as of this moment, it definitely looks like it's going to be Drew Locke. Presumably, the Chargers have been preparing for Brandon Allen. So Drew Locke will catch him at least a little bit unprepared. And, and, and this game being at home in Denver, that's a nice environment for Locke's first ever NFL start. Okay, so on the subject of Brandon Allen, let's go back a few weeks to when the Joe Flacco era ended in Denver and the Broncos first turned to Brandon Allen. I predicted almost exactly what we saw from Allen, a burst of success followed by a bust that in the unlikely event that he has three more starts will hopefully be followed by some stability. Why did I predict that? The answer is fairly easy. High-profile rookies in almost any sport are going to go through a similar development cycle. In their day, we'd have had the same discussion about David Dahl or Herman Marquez or Nikola Jokic. Rookies that burst onto the scene, then teams figure out their weaknesses. They struggle, they adjust. Opponents find more weaknesses. They struggle, they adjust, they overcome. It's a process. So think about Brandon Allen for a minute from the perspective of Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator Stephen Wilkes. If you're Wilkes, you knew Flacco was gone for the Browns game in Denver back in week nine, and you're going to face Brandon Allen. But what do you have to work with to prepare a game plan. Basically nothing. I mean, you, you have some game film of Allen getting some preseason reps with the Rams, but that doesn't really tell you anything. So what are you going to do? You're probably going to dial up a very generic game plan and just see what you can learn during the game. And that's what the Browns appeared to do. They didn't know Allen's strengths or weaknesses, so they just kept things basic. And Allen, to his credit, pretty well shredded them, as many of us predicted he would. Now, with the Vikings, you had somewhat the same issue. They had some limited game film, one game of game film to study on Brandon Allen and how the Broncos' offense works with him at quarterback. But you can be sure they started to see some tendency, some weaknesses to exploit, and they had a more aggressive game plan to exploit them than the Browns did. Again, though, there weren't really enough there wasn't enough there to really dial up a super creative game plan. So they started trying some blitzes, some different looks in the secondary and whatnot, and Allen honestly played through it pretty well. Even in the second half, the, the Broncos' offense got the ball four times and moved into scoring position three times, so Allen remained pretty effective. So now that brings us to Allen's third game against the Bills. Now this was a particularly difficult assignment for any quarterback. You're on the road against a top five defense and the wind was swirling which took away any real deep threat and 
limited what you could do with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. But more to the point, Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier had enough game film on the Brandon Allen offense to start to see some weaknesses. And he built a beautiful game plan that exploited those weaknesses and complete completely shut the Broncos down. My eye test says that they saw Allen as a one-read quarterback and worked to take away his one read on most plays and did it very, very well. So now with the first three games in the book, the real work of a young quarterback begins. Scangarello and McCartney and Allen need to figure out what it was the Bills found as weaknesses and begin to make adjustments, or at least they would have if Allen had be, remained the starter. Because the whatever the Bills saw and exploited, the Chargers were going to see the same thing this week and probably even some new tendencies. So life becomes an almost never-ending dance of making adjustments to overcome the weaknesses that other teams are exploiting. And this is the defining period for almost all NFL quarterbacks. And what makes things so difficult for front offices and coaching staffs, quarterbacks, offenses, and the fan base like you and me, is that you basically never know until a quarterback has gone through this cycle for the better part of two seasons, you never know who's going to emerge as a superstar. Guys like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and, and Russell Wilson, they, they, these are guys who have emerged as superstars versus guys who get squashed by this, this cycle. Guys like Mitchell Trubisky and apparently Jared Goff. And, and, and then there is a third category of guys who are going to emerge as basically mediocre, functional, league average type quarterbacks like Matt Harrington or Andy Dalton or Derek Carr. Now, I had said a few weeks ago that I thought the priority for the 2019 season was going to be to see where Brandon Allen fits on this spectrum. Give him eight games to see how he overcomes the first couple of waves of teams figuring him out and, and see what you have for him in him for the long-term future. And I honestly, I'd be okay with that if that's the direction the coaching staff wants to go. But let's be honest, Brandon Allen is probably your long-term number two quarterback at best. So giving him eight games to see what you have in him is probably a little bit of overkill. So now on to Drew Locke. I'm expecting the same cycle from Drew Locke. Assuming he starts on Sunday, he'll go up against the Chargers, a good Chargers defense that will have no real idea of how to game plan for him and they'll probably have to keep things fairly generic. Then you'll have a Chiefs team that is in the thick of the playoff hunt with a suspect defense, but let's be honest, they absolutely own the Broncos in recent years, especially in, in Kansas City. So I'm guessing they'll probably also keep things a little bit generic and try to shut down Drew Locke without doing anything particularly fancy. It will be Locke's third game against the Texans, where things will really start to get real, and you'll see his weaknesses get exploited. Then he'll have games against the Lions and the Raiders, both at home, to make his first wave of adjustments. Personally, I think that's a fairly solid game plan. Five games to close out the year. Now, here's your risk, though. I doubt that he's going to look like he doesn't belong physically, but if he hasn't mastered the playbook, or he, he turns into a one-read quarterback at this point in his career, then he definitely look confused and not like a guy who's going to inspire confidence of the fan base. What then? Will it cause him to revert? 
revert to the bad habits he, he may have carried over from college? Will it shake his confidence? Are you ready for 104.3 the fan to call Locke a, lock a bust all offseason and manufacture a quarterback and try to create a longing for Justin Herbert? Because you can be sure that's going to happen. But as a coaching staff and a front office, do you care? Guys, the subtle signs I'm seeing speak highly of Drew Locke. Great physical skills. We all know that. But also with the work ethic and self-confidence, even bordering on just a touch of arrogance that we didn't see from Paxton Lynch. But what's really impressed me so far with the very limited amount of information we have to work with Drew Locke is that he comes off as an extremely self-confident guy, but not an a-hole like Josh Allen or an Aaron Rodgers. His teammates really seem to love the guy, and you can see them actively pulling for him in the media. I don't know that it means that much, I mean, Von Miller was positively gushing over Drew Locke a couple of weeks ago, but he also gushed over Trevor Simeon. I think that's just Von's way of being a good leader. But there are little flags that I'm seeing out there that point to a bright future for the guy. Just reading the tea leaves, it seems to me that he, he, the time he missed to injury put him behind in learning the playbook. And that really seems to be what the coaching staff is watching for before they pull the trigger on him starting. But guys, unless he comes out and goes all Paxton Lynch on you and looks like an absolute deer in the headlight with gummed up footwork and no touch, I'm feeling basically 100% certain that he is your quarterback of the future and that he's going to have the 2020 season at a minimum to prove it. Probably Probably 2021 as well. So all you good folks wanting to see John Elway draft Justin Herbert this coming April, forget about it. It ain't going to happen. Kevin, back to you. Ah, it's so exciting. I just, I love it. I love now that we have potential future of the Broncos at quarterback could be 10 years could be 20 years and the guy is finally starting and that that just uh just changes the whole season for me again even if they lose we can find out what he can bring and see how he learns from mistakes and see you know exactly what we could have for the future now again of course it's a five game little stint that's not going to tell us all that much but it'll tell us something you know, how does he how does he control the huddle? Do his teammates like him? Can he read a defense? Can he feel pressure in the pocket? Now these are things that I, I think can change over time because as we saw with Joe Flacco in 2019, the guy just lost any sense of the pocket. And I don't think that was always the case. I mean, at one time he was a decent quarterback. Now this season he just for some reason that sense was gone. I don't know if that just you lose that with age or what, but maybe you got busted out of him with too many quarterback hits. But, you know, if we can see that from Drew Locke, and, and we got to see, it, there's so many things you have to be as a quarterback. I think you do have to be the guy who leads your team. And I think from what I've seen of Drew Locke, I think he does have that. Like the skipper dude said, he's got that kind of a little bit of that arrogance, a little bit of that chip on his shoulder because he he thought he should have been a first rounder I think he he thought he might even go top 10 because no one really knew what was going to happen with the quarterback situation in this year's draft and then of course he fell all the way to the second round and I think that hurt him and I think he's got a lot to prove and I think that lit a fire under him to to learn as much as he can and they've been saying he's been using this this virtual reality system which I guess a lot of quarterbacks are now swearing by 
And yeah, it's just virtual reality. So we won't really know until we actually see him on the field. But I, I like his moxie. I like his interviews. I think he's got he's got that personality that I think guys can follow. But he does. He's not just this, you know, kind of this jerk or an idiot like Jameis Winston. And I think that's that's the kind of guy that you you want as your long term quarterback. I think Matthew Stafford is a good example. Again, a guy that that he's not won much, but I think that's been primarily due to you know bad ownership and bad general management. But he's a guy I truly believe Matthew Stafford's teammates would run through a brick wall for that guy. Why? Because he has run through brick walls for them. And I have the feeling that Drew Locke will be similar. I, I'm not positive, but I have a feeling. Look at Mitch Trubisky last night. Yeah, they ended up winning, and he actually had a decent game. But the guy doesn't, he just doesn't strike me as a franchise quarterback. He just doesn't. I mean, physical skills, you know, passing ability, and just the moxie or the toughness, I don't see it with him. Now, maybe that's being harsh. Maybe his players, his teammates love him. But I like what I see from Drew Locke, and I think that he is going to show over the next five games that he can control the huddle, that he has learned a lot, and that he has a much higher ceiling than a guy like Brandon Allen. I think you're going to see from him, yeah, you're going to see plays that are going to just wow people. You're just going to be shocked with the passes he can make, like the deep passes. I think Sutton is going to have a heyday with Drew Locke. But you're also going to have plays where he throws into quadruple coverage and gets a pick because I think that's the kind of player he is. He tries to show off his arm strength, and sometimes in the NFL, it don't work. But I think that's okay. I think we can live with that. And that was kind of Brett Favre and John Elway, guys who tried to make things happen, and and sometimes it worked, and a lot of times it didn't. Brett Favre has some of the all-time you know, bad numbers with interceptions and whatnot. But you know what? He's a Hall of Fame quarterback who won a Super Bowl. I'm okay with that. And I think we should accept that. We should be okay with that. If that is his ceiling, if that's who he becomes, I'm cool with Matthew Stafford or even Jay Cutler, honestly. If he's got the skills of Jay Cutler and the attitude of Matthew Stafford, sign me up. And anyway, it'll be really interesting to see what he can do this week against the Chargers. And then, of course, moving on, he's got a, a really tough schedule. At the end, you know, they play Oakland and Detroit. And those are winnable games, but I think Detroit and Oakland are both probably, at that point, better teams. Though Detroit is a team that just finds ways to lose. And, yeah, we'll find out. It's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm really excited to watch him play. I'm excited to break down how he plays, how he looks. Again, you know how he is on the sideline. I, I like what Brandon Allen brought. Honestly, I thought, I thought Allen brought a good, you know, a nice energy that, that was really lacking, of course, to, to start the year, but he's just not talented enough. So hopefully Drew Locke can bring both, you know, the, the charisma, the leadership, and of course the very, very good talent. I think I'm going to cut this, this podcast short. It's a good thing. This is the show isn't live. I've had to cut shut several times because um. Remember I was telling you about that Thanksgiving meal we had in Munich? Well, I'm fairly sure my stomach is not appreciating it. So uh, I know that's a little too much information for y'all, but uh, maybe, you know, don't don't go out to eat for Thanksgiving. Just just do it at home. I think next year that is going to be definitely um, the case. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, next week, we'll have a lot to talk about, of course. Hopefully, if not a win, we'll at least be able to talk about Drew Locke and his first start in the NFL. 
Can't wait. Don't fall asleep.